Hey, I'm Jodie, event manager, business owner, educator, and podcast host. I'm an introverted homebody, wannabe wine master, and I truly believe in the power of events to inspire, delight, and ignite human potential. Every week, I take you backstage into the wonderful world of business events and give you the insider scoop on how to take your events to the next level. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the traditional custodians of the lands where we live, learn and listen. Let's get into it. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Events Insider podcast. I'm your host, Jodie, and it is a pleasure to be with you today, as always. And today I am very excited because I am joined by our first guest expert, Maggie Benjamin, who is the general manager of events at Saxton Group. Now, if you've ever needed to book a professional speaker for your event, you may have found yourself on the Saxton website scrolling their amazing talent, but they have a few different branches and Maggie is actually heading up their newest brand, Mixie Events. Now, prior to this, Maggie actually ran the events for Business Chicks for seven years, where sometimes she would work with over a hundred speakers a year. So she is absolutely the best person to chat to about all things speakers for your events. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Maggie Benjamin. Well, Maggie, welcome to the Events Insider podcast. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, I'm so chuffed that you thought of me. <laughs> oh, no, you're so on. welcome. It seems like a really good fit. And when I was thinking about this before, I actually want to preface with what I love about this is that you could kind of say we're competitors, I guess. Yeah. You know, we're both kind of looking after event management agencies, but I actually really don't consider you a competitor. Um, yeah. I'm really not about that. And so I love that you know, we're just two event experts that can come on and have a chat. So I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. Yeah, me too. I thought that too. And I was like, it's just so nice for us to support and get together, especially in this climate, right? There's, you know, we've got each other and we've got each other's backs. And I think that that's so important that we work together. And yeah, I'm so, I'm so thrilled to be here. Yeah. Yeah, me too. So for the people listening, can you share a little about your career journey so they can get to know you? Yeah, of course. So I finished high school (laughs) and then I went into uni. I always wanted to be in events. I think I always really liked the idea of hosting people, you know, running parties, you know, even when I was younger, you know, be putting parties on for my cousins or my sister or my brother or whatever that looked like. So I've always wanted to get into events and, you know, I didn't get the marks that I wanted to get from high school. And so when I went into uni, I was doing a bridging course and I just quickly realized that during the course, I think it was about a year in, I thought, oh my gosh, I can do this without, you know, doing my uni degree. I can just stop right now and I can just start doing events because I feel that confident in myself and, you know, my ability to learn and grow. So I made the really just scary decision at the time to stop doing uni, even though that's what all my friends were doing. All of my family wanted me to do that. And I started working as an as an office manager for an events company, and they were a personal development company, which um, in the industry we all know is a little bit dicey and can <laughs> put hair on your chest very quickly. <laughs> it can put hair on your chest very quickly, and I learned a lot in a very short amount of time. I completely underestimated the amount of work involved in 
running events. I think, you know, at that time, a lot of my friends were having their 21st and, you know, they were going away and having parties every weekend. And every weekend I was in another city working and, you know, running conferences and summits and, you know, all that stuff. And I was able to get a lot of experience with that. So when my time sort of finished up there about three years later, I was contacted by someone at Business Chicks um, who used to work at this company. So there was a little connection there. And she said, you know, we're looking for an events person. And I was like, great, that's such a great opportunity. And I, I loved what they did. I saw the events that they ran and I was like, oh my gosh, that's just a dream, you know, going from a stale meeting room event to, you know, pink and flowers and confetti and <laughs> balloons. <laughs> So I said yes. And my career from there sort of progressed really quickly. I think, you know, I I had a few promotions in my time quite quickly from the start. How Um, long were you at Business Chicks altogether? Oh, I was there seven, seven and a half years. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So it's, it's, yeah, it's been a long time. And throughout that journey, I've learned so much because there were so many different events that they ran. It was like no day was the same. And that's, you know, what I enjoy about events. So I think that sort of sums it up. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Amazing. And I love that story because, you know, I did do an events degree, but I actually don't know whether I would necessarily recommend it these days. I mean, I mm. think you can do so much, you know, without a degree, there's only so much you can learn kind of sitting in a room for three years. And I think, you know, that's kind of part of why I started Events Academy, right? Because there's people out there that want to learn how to do events. And yes, there's some foundational knowledge that you should learn, but it is also about just getting out there and and learning yeah. on the job. And I think there's, you know, there's a lot you can learn in a short amount of time rather than a three-year degree. So I love that that's your story. I want to talk about business chicks. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, that was a big chunk of your career before yes. where you are now. So who were some of your favorite speakers from the business chick stage? Uh, anytime someone asks me this, the first person I say is Elizabeth Gilbert. She, oh, amazing. Okay, yeah, I understand. Yes, yes. She is just, if you know anyone listening has never heard her speak before, you need to just find her on a podcast or something and you'll just fall in love immediately. She is she has this, like, her voice is almost like a motherly, nurturing, warm, like, it's like you're being cradled while you listen to her <laughs> in the best way possible. Yeah. She's amazing. And she has this, you know, raw spiritual essence around her as well and gives a lot of opportunity for learning. And someone similar to that as well as Kemi Nekfapil, I find mm-hmm. her, you know, every time I listen to her speak, she holds such a powerful presence on stage and I could hear her speak a hundred times and every time I hear her speak, something else would click, you know, within me and I go, oh gosh, I need to be doing that or this is where I'm holding myself back right now. And so she was just wonderful and, you know, yeah, she's great. She's one of the trained facilitators uh, for Brene Brown's work. Yeah. Um, Yeah, right. Okay. If you love Brene Brown, you will definitely love Kemi. And in her own way, she just does amazing, amazing things. And then I think as well, I would just have to throw Jamie Oliver in there just because he's such a nice guy. And (laughs) And (laughs) we'll throw in a token male. Yeah, I mean, he was, yeah, he's just a funny, nice guy. And I just really enjoyed being in the same room as him. So I was like, he's added to the list. So how many kind of speakers would you have throughout a calendar year at Business Chicks? Yeah, wow. Um, that's a good question. So we were doing, yeah, ballpark. (laughs) We're doing 90 events and some of the events would have 10. So you're probably looking at 120, 130 yeah, speakers. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So you've got a lot of experience, I guess, sourcing, selecting, listening to speakers. Yes. 
what do you think makes a great speaker? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's a mix of the content that they're providing and their stagecraft as well okay. uh, and the way that they present. There's definitely an art to blending emotive storytelling with really pragmatic lessons and takeaways uh, for mm. people as well. And I think that the best speaker as well will always take the time to understand your event beforehand and yeah. tailor their content or their delivery for your audience. And you can always tell when they've done that and they've made that extra bit of effort to connect with your particular audience. And that just, that means the world. Yeah, there's nothing worse than someone just coming on stage and presenting their standard presentation, I think. Yes, from cards. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, no, it's 2023. We don't need that anymore. Yeah. Yeah, okay. And so have you ever had a speaker that kind of didn't deliver, kind of talking about what, what we don't like with speakers? Have you had a speaker that sort of didn't deliver on what they agreed that they would do? And I guess how did you handle that? Yeah, I haven't necessarily had a speaker that, you know, on paper didn't deliver on what their agreement was. Um, but you I did had your had... job properly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I did have a couple of instances, which I think, you know, other people might relate to that is sort of in, in a similar realm. So one is, and I think a common issue amongst, you know, events, people across the land is you know, a speaker not being able to make it because their flight was cancelled last minute. There's been mm. raging thunderstorms and their flight couldn't make it and they were due on stage in two hours and they can't make it anymore or, or something happened in their personal life. And, you know, I've been in a situation where I've been at an event and they were part of the lineup and they were due on, you know, like I said, in two hours and their flight was cancelled. And so we just had to think on the spot and mm -hmm. we ended up pulling a couple of speakers who luckily I had there, you know, and just throwing, I guess, a little panel together um, during that time. But we were very mm -hmm. honest and forthcoming with the audience too. We just said, look, we know that this person was meant to be here. So, you know, X, Y, and Z have, you know, very graciously stepped in to do some extra content for everybody to fill in and, you know, these things happen. And I think that, you know, that's the best way to do it. And if you couldn't get another speaker, then I think it's, yeah, again, you just have to be really honest with your audience and say, this is what's going on. And it definitely helps if you've got um, a great MC who can deliver that news <laughs> in the most beautiful way. Yeah. I remember I had one speaker not show up once, similar situation. They fell really ill really suddenly. Yeah. Um, and they were able to send like a family member and they were speaking about a family business anyway. So it sort of worked out, but that was the closest I ever got to kind of being stuck without anyone. And it's terrifying. Yeah, it yeah. can be, it can be really, yeah, really intense. And, you know, unfortunately in some circumstances, yeah, you just have to be honest and, and say yeah. this happened and, you know, Absolutely. we can, we can plan as much as we can, but, you know, there are external factors that are always going to influence things. So yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, yeah. It sounds like you haven't had anything too bad, which is great. <laughs> no, 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 nothing, nothing too crazy. I mean, of course, you know, there's been instances where maybe speakers didn't perform the way that, you know, they were, I sort of expected that they would. And yeah, I think that that is just, that's just part of the ride. And, you know, you take it in your stride and sometimes you're taking a chance on an emerging speaker who might not 
you know, be as strong as what you thought that they could be. It's okay. You know, if you get feedback from the event, it's like I said, you take it in your stride and, you know, you learn. Yeah. Um, Events are all about risk taking and taking chances on people. And, you know, even the most famous of celebrity speakers can sometimes just not, not be it. So (laughs) you just, it's really hard to tell. That's it. And it can be really hard to find, you know, the right speaker and be confident that they are going to be the right fit for your event. So I guess on that note, like for anyone that needs to source a speaker for an event, like where should they start? Yeah, that's a great question. I think it's important to start with the purpose of your event and a Mm -hmm. really clear vision of what you're wanting to get out of a speaker. Are you throwing in a speaker just for the sake of it? Or are you throwing in a speaker because you really want your audience to get some sort of information or some sort of inspiration, whatever that looks like, uh, from this speaker on stage. So it could be that you just really want a great story from a really high profile person to get bums on seats and that's totally fine. Yeah. Or it can, you know, or it can be that you're wanting someone who can really share, you know, a workshop style learnings and takeaways. So really finding the topic and then it can just be such a hard slog finding and vetting the right speakers. You know, it is just you can Google until the cows come home. And I know I'm interested when you say vetting. Can we talk on that a little bit? Like, yeah. do you have a, a process or is it kind of different for different circumstances? Yeah. I mean, over the years, it's just changed a little bit and it's, you know, but I think it's more going through, you find a name of someone. And I think, especially at Business Chicks, when you're locking in a hundred, 120 speakers a year, you're not always going to have high profile talent who are represented by bureaus. You know, sometimes you're going to be, you know, working with people that maybe haven't had a lot of speaking experience. And so the vetting process there is important. And that involves, I think, trying to, if they've got any, you know, speaker material on YouTube or anything like that, even if it's just them presenting at a lectern to a school or something, I've sometimes gone on and watched it. And I think it's also really important to do a thorough Google search on that person before reaching out to them, just to make sure that there isn't anything, you know, crazy or chaotic going on in their life that you wish you knew about before you put to them yeah, in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so a little bit of a stalk is what yes, you Yes, a little bit it. of a stalk, yeah. yeah. Okay. okay, cool. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so in terms of, okay, so that's starting point and you were sort of talking about kind of you've got the high-profile big names who might be supported by an agency and then you've yeah. got people who are kind of just starting out on their speaking career or a particular expert. So I do want to touch on, I guess, kind of the difference between the two. Yeah. Because I know that there's a lot of kind of different opinions around kind of paid versus unpaid. What do you kind of think about that? What are your thoughts? How do we sort of navigate paying versus asking people to speak for free? Yeah, absolutely. Look, I, I always stick by where possible. It's so important to pay speakers for their time and expertise. I know that in some cases with you know, speakers who are, um, you know, C-suite in corporates, for example, can't be paid for their time. And, you know, there's instances like that where, you know, of course, but if you've got some budget there, I just think it's important to remember that, you know, often we're asking people to share years of learnings and hard work 
education, lived experience, and, you know, I think that they should be compensated fairly for that. And I think in instances where it truly isn't possible and you're, you know, or you're wanting to offer a reduced fee, it's important to find value in other ways. And that could be, you know, if it is an emerging speaker, can you offer them a recording of their presentation for them to include in their speaker kit or a really great Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Can you facilitate an introduction to another client that, you know, they could get another gig from? Um, Can you sell their books? Can you offer a donation on their behalf? Because, yeah, plain old exposure doesn't cut it anymore, but there's different ways we can get creative to still provide value for people if the budget isn't quite there. Yeah, I 100% agree. And I love what you said about you know, exposure doesn't cut it anymore because it's so true. Just saying that they get to be in front of a bunch of people, like that's not a return on investment. So I 100% agree with everything you've just said. But I guess in terms of speaking fees then, like, can you share any insights? Because for me personally, like I find it a real challenge to budget in advance for Mm. speaking fees because sometimes you get back a quote and it's like way more than you expected it to be. And I'm not saying that they're not worth that. Yeah. Then sometimes you get it back and it's, you know, much cheaper than you expected. And I know it really is like how long is a piece of string, but, and, and, you know, it's really up to the the circumstance and whether the speaker wants to do it or not. And they can kind of, you know, double their fee if they don't want to do it and those sorts of things. But for the person planning the event, it can be a real challenge. So do you have any insights around how to navigate that? Yeah, absolutely. And this is a tough one because I think before I started working with a speaker's bureau, I was stuck in the same sort of realm of like, I have no idea, you know, you can reach out to someone and, you know, you could think that they might be $10,000 and they'll say, oh no, I'm $80,000. And you'd say, okay, that's fine. I didn't put it in my budget. (laughs) 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 So if anyone um, has that budget, I mean, (laughs) if anyone has that budget, please uh, reach out. (laughs) (laughs) But I think it comes back to, again, what you want out of a speaker. I think, look, if you're I definitely have some averages here that I was able to retrieve from my brand and talent manager before this interview. So hopefully this is helpful. So look, if you're wanting a well-known personality and you're wanting someone to get bums on seats and this is sort of like a headliner slash, you know, uh, like a star person. Yep. Uh, you're looking at probably about a 12K average. Yeah, okay. Um, if you want someone emerging but impactful, you're probably looking at about 3 to 5K average. Okay, so um, that's someone who people may not have heard of but is going to do a really good job. Yes, yeah. Okay, yeah. awesome. So they've been yep. on a speaking circuit for a while but they're just not as well known as some of the other people. So, yeah. Okay, okay awesome. That's super yeah. helpful. Thank yeah, you. Well, great. <laughs> I hope so. I mean, again, it's, you know, like you said, it's like how long was a piece of string, but that, you know, having some averages and that in the back of your mind is just, oh gosh, it's so helpful. Yeah. Especially when we're just kind of putting together, you know, a draft budget and kind of going, okay, what are we putting in this speaker line here? Yeah. That's really helpful. Thank you. So obviously um, you sort of touched on now that you're working with uh, Saxton and you're heading up a new arm of that called Mixie. Can you tell us kind of how it came that, that came about? Because I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, what is this? And I kind of <laughs> haven't had the chance to kind of hear the story yet. So I'm excited yeah. to hear kind of how that came about and what it's about. Yeah, I get excited just talking about it because it was just such 
are one of those moments where the universe perfectly aligns and something comes along and it's just the right time. And so, I mean, yes, at the end of last year, um, I finished up with Business Chicks and I was looking for work and I had a phone call from uh, Anne, the CEO of Saxton. And she was like, you know, how are you? I heard that you were out of work. You know, I'm thinking of starting up a new arm of the business and it's going to be an events arm. Are you interested? And I was like, absolutely. <laughs> that sounds amazing. So, and I had worked with Saxton, you know, for my whole career, you know, on and off booking speakers and stuff. So I knew some yeah. of the girls already and I, yeah. you know, knew it was a great company. And when I met with Anne, she was talking about how there were so many corporate clients that Saxon works with, you know, who are, for example, you know, HR managers, EAs, you know, people who I think over the last couple of years, especially since COVID, where these corporates have have had to either completely diminish their events teams or they've reduced their events resources because, you know, either people have left the events industry or they just never got around to doing that after the pandemic. There are people out there working in these industries who events are not within their normal remit, but they're taking no. on this work. Yeah. And they're really struggling with it. And they're yeah. going, you know, I have no idea what to do. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you and I come in. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. This is where we come in. So, yeah. and so, yeah, so we decided to start a new arm of the business. And I think being connected to the speaking agency side of it as well, I think is just has been really helpful too, because, you know, yeah. I'm now connected with you know, some of the consultants who work at Saxon are just so well-knowledged and educated in speakers mm. way more than I am. And that has just been, you know, so helpful. So yeah, it's it's really, really nice to be able to offer sort of, I guess, that full service agency. And so yeah, we're just working with Saxon's existing clients at the moment, which is nice and really just helping them out with their events. I think eventually Mixie would like to start doing their own events. Um, I talk about it like I've got a team. It's just me right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's the royal way. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that'll be a few years down the track, but for now it's just, it's been really, really special and nice to connect with different people and find out what they're wanting to get out of and be able to help and support. It's just, yeah, yeah it's the best feeling. Yeah, it really is. So tell us about, I guess, some of the events that you've been doing and what you've got coming up and, yeah, I guess the clients that you work with, the kind of clients that you work with. Yeah, so um, the first event that I secured was an awards night, um, which Ooh. was quite exciting, so sort of off with a bang. And then, yeah, just throughout the year I've got in the pipeline just some internal events uh, for people, just educational workshops or networking events. I've got an administration day coming up on the 5th of May, working with another one of Saxon's brands, Melbourne EA Group. So Mixie is going to be putting that event on for the EAs, which would be really nice. And yeah, I mean, look, we're still a startup. It's it's moving slow and it will gain traction. It will, it has been, you know, slowly getting there. But you know, at this point in time, April 2023, I don't have a website yet. Uh, so <laughs> you just so, out there running events, don't have a website. You don't have a website. I'm just keeping it real. Yeah, <laughs> like, I know. love that. But uh, it's, yeah, it is really startup vibes, but that makes it exciting because there's just so much potential and so much that we can do. So yeah, I'm, I am excited and I'm not letting it um, stop me. (laughs) So if there's anyone listening, who's like, oh my gosh, I have these events I need to put on and I'm so overwhelmed. 
you might be the right person that can help me. How can they reach out to you? Because you don't have a website. I don't have a website. If you uh, send an email to hello at mixy.events, then I can come back to you. Or you can, we've actually, we've got an Instagram page. So at mixy events uh, on Instagram as well. I'll pop those in the show notes so people can easily um, access them. But I wanted to ask one final question of you, and it may be a tough one, but hopefully you've had a chance to think about it. If you could summarize all your years of experience, what's one piece of advice you would give to others who plan business events? Yeah, this one came to me straight away. Um, oh, I love that. It's, yeah, this was a no-brainer for me. It is just be kind. Just That is just awesome. the most important thing in the events industry. I, you know, you can be the most organised, talented, you know, well-managed event manager in the entire world. But if you are not kind to the people who are around you, I mean, and you would know this as well, you are, your event is only as good as your suppliers, your clients, yeah. your speakers. And, you know, if you have a bad relationship with them, it's like how do you expect to work cohesively together and bring together an amazing event? It's not you know, it's not all just on you. And so yeah. from I think it's important from every food and beverage, you know, manager to, you know, every delivery person, it just doesn't matter. Just kindness is just always key and you never know what's going on in someone's world. So, yeah, having those relationships and being able to call upon these people over the years is just um, invaluable. So, yeah, oh, such great advice as well and, you know, never burn bridges. But the thing that I was thinking when you were speaking then is, you know, particularly the guests as well, when yeah. when people walk into a room, you have no idea what their day's been like and, and what yeah. they're going through. And, yeah, just sharing kindness with them means that they can walk out a different person. So. Yeah. Absolutely so true. Yeah. So beautiful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It's been a joy to speak with you. Thank you for all your words of wisdom. And I'll definitely pop your contact details in the show notes so people can get in touch. Oh, thanks, Jodie. Really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thanks. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Events Insider podcast. If you loved it, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, share with your friends, and I'll chat to you next week. Bye.